Hi, my name is Steve Bartlett, and welcome to Fight Back, my weekly show where I rant and rave about all things that are bothering me. I'm in a really bad mood tonight. I don't want to talk about it because I promised I was going to talk about um, how we can try to end gun violence. So we're going to keep st uh, sticking with that subject tonight. But before I do, I want to talk about how it's campaign season and how all the politicians are now raping the airwaves with their promises and their lies and what they're going to do and whatnot. Currently in Florida, there's a uh, couple people running for governor. And uh, the one guy I want to talk to you about is a guy named Adam Putnam, who's currently the uh, head of the agriculture department here in the state of Florida. He's, I guess, the agriculture, agricultural commissioner. So he's running for governor for the Republican Party right now. And I just love his campaign commercial that he's got going on right now. So I want you to take a look at it. I'm not endorsing him. I just want you to take a look at this campaign commercial, and then we'll talk about it right after it's done. So if you can roll the tape, let's uh, watch this campaign commercial. Check it out. As a fifth-generation Florida farmer, I know what it's like to sweat for your paycheck. Today, liberal elites look down on people who work with their hands, pressuring too many kids into student loan debt, leaving them with degrees they can't use and bills they can't pay. We need to get back to honoring and respecting experts of a trade. I'll make vocational training a top priority. Our kids should be career ready, not debt ridden. College is not the only path to success, and it's okay to say it. Now this guy, this guy claims that he's this hard-working person. His other campaign commercial, I wish I had it, shows him actually um, out there saying how he knows what it's like to sweat for a paycheck. And here's the honest truth. He has no clue what it's like to sweat for a paycheck. In that commercial, he's wearing his mom jeans. He's got his perfect hair. He's got his sleeves all rolled up, and he's throwing bay on the back of some sort of... Um, little trailer or whatever. I think you've all seen this commercial. But this guy, he got his money the old-fashioned way. He inherited it. And even though he's saying that he doesn't want to be like the liberal elites and send his kids to college, he actually is one of the elites, you know, with his uh, fifth-generation family farm where he's worth more than $9 million. And he earned the money the old-fashioned way. He inherited it. He didn't work his ass for it. But uh, he went to college, and he's got his degree in farming. It's not called farming. It's called a Bachelor of Science in Food and Resource Economics. And, you know, this degree in farming is, I guess, how he can say that he's able to become the commissioner of agriculture in the state of Florida. Okay? And, you know, he's done some sleazy stuff when he was in the Congress. He was the youngest man in, in the House of Representatives at one time. And he actually kicked back some graft to, um, to not only the state of Florida, not only his own district, but actually money to the Department of Citrus in Lakeland, which actually put money in his own pocket. He actually got nailed for putting money into his own pocket when he was actually in Congress, which I guess is what he learned with that uh, Bachelor of Science in, in Food and Resources Economics degree. Okay? But I don't want to talk about any of that. Okay, this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about his job as an agricultural commissioner. Now, one of his major, most important roles in this job is something that most people don't consider to be involved with agriculture. His job as being in charge of this um, agency in the state of Florida is he's in charge of issuing concealed firearm permits to the Florida population. When people apply for their carry to concealed weapons permit, his job, okay, what he gets paid 150 grand a year to do is to do the background check and make sure that the people who are getting the permits are illegally allowed to get the permits. That's his job. Well, you know what happened? It came out that between February 2016 and May 2017, no checks were done before permits were being issued. 
it wasn't being done. For over a year, nothing was being done by his agency that he was in charge of. Okay? 100,000 people in the state of Florida received their carrying a concealed firearm permits without the background check being completed. What happened was there was a problem with the computers and a worker supposedly um, didn't do his job. Now, he found out about it, didn't disclose it to the public, no transparency, and it didn't go public until the Inspector General's report came out, which said that 300 people in the state of Florida got permits who should not have gotten them. Okay, these are people who are either convicted felons or had some other reason, maybe they were mentally ill, that they should not have been able to have a a concealed weapons permit in the state of Florida, but because of his office's incompetency, they got him anyway. Now, when he got caught doing this, he blamed it on one of his low-level employees saying it was their fault, that he had no idea what was going on. Well, for 150 grand a year, he should know what's going on. Is this what he means by he says he knows what it's like to sweat for a paycheck? That he passes the buck to one of his lower-level minions and says that these lower-level minions are the people who should um, be responsible for his office's screw-ups? This is one of the major parts of the job. And he lets some incompetent hack without any supervision decide who gets permits and who doesn't, and he doesn't even know about it? Okay? That's completely wrong. So I want you to judge him based upon his record. He claims he knows what it's like to work hard for a living. No, he doesn't. I want him to do the job that my money is paying him to do. I don't care about the $9 million he makes from his citrus farm. I care about the taxpayer money that goes in his pockets to do his job. You're not doing your job, Mr. Putnam. You shouldn't get promoted because of that. When you fail at the job that you've been given, you don't get even a higher uh, paying job, which has got more responsibilities. You don't do that. Okay? You have to do the job you were paid to do and do it correctly. If you do a good job, then you get a promotion. But you don't screw it up, pass the buck, blame your employee, and then demand to get a higher, more prestigious job. You don't deserve it, sir. You don't deserve it. But you know what? He claimed it was an accident. But was it really an accident? Here's why. Earlier this year, somebody call, accused him of being an NRA sellout. Okay? And you know what? When we come back, I want to explain to you why I think he did it on purpose. Okay? I'm Jerry from Hot Locks Hair Salon. We are conveniently located at 13414 US Highway 19 in Hudson.
I've been a local hairstylist in our community for the last 34 years, seven of which I was an educator. Our passion is the artistry of hair, and Holox is here to help you achieve your perfect image. You can call us at 727-514-9978. So Putnam claims that he was that this was done accidentally, okay? But what he did earlier this year is he tweeted, he did a Twitter, he put on he put on the internet he, the question about how he was accused of being an NRA sellout, and what he tweeted was that he was a proud NRA sellout. That is his words. That he's a proud NRA sellout. Okay. Now, the NRA is always talking about how we have to not create new laws about guns, but just enforce the laws that we currently have. Due to either his gross incompetency, which is what he wants us to believe, that's why people were getting um, firearms and were given permits, even though they should not have gotten them because the background checks were not done. He claims it was an accident. So at best, if we take him at his words, he's just an incompetent buffoon. Okay. But maybe he was just an NRA sellout. Maybe he did it on purpose. Maybe it was deliberate. Maybe he's just trying to sabotage the laws and do the NRA's bidding. He takes their money. So maybe he is an NRA sellout and this wasn't done accidentally. But you know what? Conservatives are sometimes right. I'm going to say that again. Conservatives are sometimes right. I cannot pretend that gun laws will be what causes the end of all gun violence. Okay? That is just one small part of it. Conservatives are right. There are other major elements that help contribute to gun violence that can't be stopped or ended by gun laws. There are larger issues that need to be addressed, and I wanted to talk about some of those issues today. Okay? Mental health. We need to... A lot of people, especially those who are killed in mass shootings, the shooters are those who suffer from health problems, mental health problems. And gun laws or bans on assault weapons alone are not going to solve the problems. We have much bigger issues that have to be resolved. You know, however, okay, the same people who say it's a mental health problem and it's not a gun problem, they're being hypocritical because you never hear the conservatives ever offer any solutions to how we can fix the mental health problems. Instead, it's the same old, same old all the time. They claim it's not a gun issue. They say it's a mental health issue, but they don't do anything to stop the mental health issue. And that needs to change. Okay? If we really want to end gun violence, we have to try to address the mental health issue. And the way we do this is not by what conservatives claim um, hypocritically, like, oh, we've got to lock everybody up who's bipolar or lock everybody up who's schizophrenic, which is really scary. They, they're against having people's civil liberties be denied by taking away their guns, but we have no problem locking them into an institution and incarcerating them for the rest of their life. No. What we need is mental health treatment. And in order to do that, the approach to do that is through the liberal approach that hasn't been done. The problem with mental health is that not that Americans are crazier than the rest of the world, which is what you would have to conclude since we have so many deaths by firearms and so many mass shootings. Why are Americans more crazy than the rest of the world and suffer from more mental health issues? Because we don't have proper health care. It is a health care problem. The health care in America is not what it's supposed to be. Obamacare was a good start in the right direction, but we need universal health care. Okay? People who are mentally ill don't often have the ability to have the best 
uh, doctors. They can't afford it if they don't have proper health insurance. When we have governors like in the state of Florida who deny people Medicaid, how can they go to the doctors and get the help that they actually need? Have you ever seen how much it costs for um, medication for people who suffer from mental health? You see that commercial for Latuda where people are skipping along the beach and they're smiling because they take this magic drug and they feel better now. Do you know how much Latuda costs? On the average, it costs the average patient without insurance about $1,200 a month. $1,200 a month. People can't afford that, especially the mentally ill. Rich people should not be the only people who are entitled to health insurance in this country. If we really want to cut down on gun violence, we need universal health care. We need Medicare for all, like Bernie Sanders talks about. Very simple. You don't you pay a little bit more in taxes and everybody gets Medicare. Everybody gets cared for. Everybody gets cheap, if not free, medication. You don't have to pay for private insurance and it brings costs down because it cuts out the middleman. Instead of the big HMOs and the big insurance companies making billions of dollars in profits and the pharmaceutical companies making billions of profits, if we all just have it, if we all are taking care of each other, if if medicine isn't a for-profit business but is done for the uh, good of everybody, costs will go down and more people will be treated. If more people are able to afford proper mental health care and more people are able to afford their medications, gun violence will go down. We don't have to take away all of your guns like people accuse liberals of wanting to do. But you can't have it both ways. You can't sit there and say it's, a gun, it's not a gun problem, it's a mental health problem, but not try to do a damn thing to stop the mental health problem. Let's stop being hypocrites and start doing what it takes, okay? Let's try to give everybody universal health care. That's a step in the right direction. Another thing that can't be stopped by gun violence, which we hear all the time, is the problems with our inner cities, that gun laws don't stop gangbangers from buying guns illegally, that you can have all these background checks, but they don't follow the law anyway. Criminals don't follow the law. And you know what? Conservatives are right in the inner cities. Cities like Chicago and St. Louis and Baltimore have very large gun death problems, and gun laws by themselves aren't going to fix those solutions. What we need to do is do our best to try to fix the inner cities. But once again, once again, conservatives often are not willing to do what it takes to try to save our inner cities. Okay? Gangs themselves are not the problem. Gangs are not the disease. Gangs are symptoms of the disease. The actual cause of, the, of gang violence and why gangs exist to begin with, are they're caused by poverty, by a history of racism, by a lack of hope and a lack of any you know, feeling that the future is going to get better. People join gangs out of desperation. If anyone's ever seen the movie The Godfather Part Two you understand that the whole idea of organized crime in inner cities is not something that just started in the 90s or in the 80s or, or in recent history, but it's been with us ever since immigrants started coming to our country at the turn of uh, the 20th century, from the end of the uh, 1900s. And what we need to do is we need to realize that, like in the movie The Godfather, when people are poor, when people are disenfranchised, when people feel discriminated against, like our immigrants did in the early 20th century, the only place they can go to 
for protection was organized crime. And that's how the mafia gained power at the turn of the century, the 20th century. What's happening with gangs in modern America in the inner cities is the exact same thing. When people are, are thrust in poverty, when they feel like they have no chance and no hope, when their fathers are in prison for um, drug crimes, when, when they feel that the educational system is letting them down, they turn to gangs. And, before, and the way to stop this problem is to try to stop the poverty, try to stop the racism, try to tackle the despair at the cause. When we come back after break, we're going to talk about other major problems in our country and how we can try to solve them. I'm Jerry from Hot Locks Hair Salon. We are conveniently located at 13414 US Highway 19 in Hudson. I've been a local hairstylist in our community for the last 34 years, seven of which I was an educator. Our passion is the artistry of hair and Hot Locks is here to help you achieve your perfect image. You can call us at 727-514-9978. You want to help end gun violence? You know what we need to do? We need to end this stupid war that we have on drugs. Okay? Now, the whole problem with our drug culture is also mixed up with mental health as well. You can't really treat one or fix one without the other. But this war on drugs is what empowers and gives financial incentives for the gangs. You stop the profit by making it, you, you, you decriminalize drugs or you make some drugs legal and we stop treating it as a criminal problem but as a health problem and start trying to help the actual addicts, okay? When there's a drug addict, they're gonna go do anything. When they're high or they need a fix, they're gonna go kill, they're gonna steal, they're gonna do something stupid in order to get money so they can get their drugs. We would save much more money as a society if we push our money not into prison, but in drug treatment, if getting these people counseling, if getting these people therapy. Okay, that's what we do. It's not a war on drugs. It's a war on people. These people are sick. Okay, we need to try to decrease gun violence by ending the war on drugs. Now, these things I'm talking about tonight, these are big issues. I'm just touching on them today. We can have entire episodes or entire series of episodes on things such as how to try to reduce racism, how to try to fix the inner cities, how to try to end the war on drugs and turn it into uh, something that is um, health 
care central as opposed to treating it like the criminal um, situation that we're currently wasting billions and billions of dollars on. Okay? We could have whole episodes on that, but I just want to touch on how the conservatives are actually right. We need to tackle the big issues instead of just come up with gun laws, okay, if we really want to end the war, the, the, uh, the amount of gun violence that we should have in our country. Um, another problem that we have is that, like I said, a lot of uh, African-American men are, and fathers are no longer home. They're incarcerated. And when they're incarcerated for a very lengthy time, our prison system is not um, rehabilitative. We don't try to teach them how to uh, engage with society and how to become law-abiding citizens. Instead, our criminal justice system makes things worse. When they get out of prison, they have no job skills. They have no ability to socialize. They've been brutalized, raped, treated like animals or children uh, in prison, not able to be or how to gain self-respect. So when we release them back on the street without any skills, without any training, they're going to either revert to becoming criminals again, or they're going to be sociopaths and not know how to actually respond in a civilized manner. Okay? And these laws that put people in prison are depriving a lot of people in inner cities from having a role model who can actually help them out, and instead they rely on gangs for support economically and emotionally. Okay, we need to reform our sentencing laws right now, which takes discretion away from judges who understand what's going on or prosecutors who understand what's going on or defense attorneys who understand what's going on and puts the matter of sentencing in the hands of politicians who just say, let's make it mandatory lengthy drug uh, uh, prison sentences, even though they really don't understand the situation. People are being sentenced because of some guideline that some stupid politician wrote who has no idea about the criminal justice system instead of actually allowing judges to do their job and impose justice or based upon the facts of the actual case and the circumstances of the actual individual. One politician wants to do that who knows nothing about the criminal justice system is, drum roll please, Adam Putnam. Adam Putnam wants harsher sentences and more mandatory sentencing, less discretion of the judges to do their job. Judges who hear it day in and day out and understand what the causes of crime actually are. No, let's not let the judges have discretion. Let's put people in prison for stupid drug crimes for just a little bit longer. Putnam said that he will veto any law that lowers the sentences for people accused of drug trafficking or convicted of drug trafficking. What Putnam doesn't understand is that most people who are convicted of drug trafficking are not selling drugs. Under the statute in Florida for drug trafficking, all you need to do is possess a certain amount of drugs and it becomes not simple possession, but drug trafficking. If you have a pill of oxycodone, for instance, a whole pill bottle of it, for your own personal consumption, because of the amount of pills in that pill bottle, that is drug trafficking. You're not selling it to anybody. You're not Tony Montana. You're not a big time drug dealer, but you're treated like one. Under Putnam, these people should go to prison for 15 years, 20 years, 30 years with a mandatory sentence without the judges having any discretion to give something less than that. It's crazy. Okay? It's also extremely expensive. We're wasting our money. We're wasting our treasury putting people in prison for 30 years, 40 years, and it costs like $40,000 a year of taxpayers' money that can be going to schools to house these prisoners. People like the Koch brothers, ultra-conservatives or libertarians are against this and want there to be a reduction in these mandatory sentencing and a loosening of these nonviolent criminals. Okay? When people are released from prison, you know what they do? A social worker comes and visits the prisoners and they teach them 
how to apply for Medicaid when they get out, how to apply for food stamps when they get out. They are not only dependent on society and taxpayers to support them while they're in prison, but when they get out of prison, we have to keep supporting them. This has to stop. I'm appealing to you conservatives, not just the liberals like myself, but the conservatives. It makes sense from a dollar um, it, it makes sense from an economic standpoint. If you want to save the taxpayers money, let's reform the prisons. Let's teach these people how to be independent and strong-willed and law-abiding citizens, not let's treat them like animals so when they get out, they're nothing more than, I don't know, they're worse off than when they went in. We can't be like that. Okay, we need to put these people back in society. They should be able to get jobs when they get out. You finish your sentence, you should be able to vote. You should be able to get a job. We've got to end that stigma which requires people from having to check the box and admit that they're a convicted felon. Who's going to hire them? Nobody. So unless they want to flip burgers or work out in the hot sun on a roof, make a minimum wage and sweating their ass off, what are they going to do? They're going to commit crimes. People are going to get hurt. You want to end gun violence? We need reform of our sentencing laws. We need to make it so that once you finish your sentence, you can be part of society again. Let's allow more clemency. The clemency law in Florida, which has disenfranchises more people than the rest of the country almost combined, is a joke. And it affects mostly minorities. A lot of African-American men, millions of African-American men, pay their debt to society and cannot vote. And what Florida does is they have a clemency law to try to reestablish it, and it was declared to be unconstitutional. Just recently, this year, the court struck down the clemency law as unconstitutional. But you know what? Do you know who wants to appeal that? Who wants to defend that horrible status quo law? His name is Putnam. If we really want to change the society, we need educational reform. Okay, college should be free. We should give our kids hope. We should not give them despair. Okay, we can pay for this bloated military. We can pay for taxpayer tax cuts for the wealthy and the richest Americans, but we can't afford to send our kids to school. Not everybody's parents own rich farms like the Putnams do, okay? We need to educate our youth. We want to cut down gun violence. That's what we need. We need reform. Next week will probably be my last week about gun violence. I'll see you then, okay? Stay safe.